0: Hey everybody, Ken Pooch, Van Druten here along with Chris Raybold. What's going on guys? Hey, we're up to episode 17. Um, We are uh, still stuck at home and uh, still under quarantine and still don't have jobs and uh so we're gonna sit here and um take the the brighter step and talk about audio something that we love to do um and not think about all the fact that the world is collapsing around us how about that
1: (laughs) absolutely we're just gonna keep talking
0: (laughs) no but i mean seriously it's like we love talking about audio and that's that's why we come here and do this we hope that it's a little bit of a shining star for you guys that are having um a rough time out there so thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it and we thanks all of your all for your comments and um you know make sure if you that you subscribe to our channel if this is your first time here um today's topic is
1: Drum roll, please to uh, we're gonna talk about PAs today
0: yes we're gonna talk about pas today all right well <laughs> comments uh, i don't I think I've
1: seen some in the comment section, but I know people have reached out to me. They're like, you guys going to talk about your favorite PAs. Yeah. yeah. You gotta talk about
0: PAs. So I figured let's do it. Cool. Right on. So, and, and not even necessarily, it doesn't have to be favorite PAs as far as, um, you know, I don't think this should be, you know, top five favorites or whatever. It should be just a discussion about what PAs we like to use, what PAs we've run into, you know, yeah. Et cetera, the how et and why. Yeah. The how and why. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, But having said that, I think that maybe that's where we should start. Um, What is your favorite PA?
1: My, as of right now, when me speccing a PA means absolutely nothing, because there's nowhere to go with it.
0: (laughs) No one ever gives us that opportunity anymore, do
1: they? No. No. Uh, I'm pretty set on L Acoustics these days. Cool. And not just these days. It's kind of been that on and off for a long time, but... uh, yeah, that that, that that's that sort of home base for me. There's essentially one, number 1, and then there's like 2 through 4 or 2 through 5 that yeah. I can that are interchangeable. Of course. You know? Of
0: course. Yeah. Um and are you uh, you know, they have several flavors. Um yep. are you do you like all of them like K1, K2, uh Kara? Uh, no, and you know, it's funny with most
1: manufacturers, I tend to just like Like, I don't always believe that voicing is... uh, Very few companies seem to like... It's just impossible with different driver sizes, you know, to nail a consistent voicing throughout their product line. So when it comes to L Acoustics, I really like K1. I really like K2. I've never done a side-by-side shootout. Like a pure, a truly like, you know, clinical study of the two. And I hear people say they have preferences between the two. Uh huh. I mean, if you ask me to spec it right now, I'm going to say K one, you know, and there's, other, there's other people that like K two as well. And then some of their smaller boxes, you know, I like the Kara for what it does. Um, what are the flown? It's so funny. It's my favorite PA and I, you know how it is. We work on so many, I start to lose model yeah, yeah. number. <laughs> flown subs are typically the K S one B's. Did I say that right? Whatever the flown subs, those are great and then now the the big knock on el acoustics for a long time were the subs the sub subs you know
0: yeah um, i mean uh, sp218s were like yeah i mean they were you know right they were they, it was okay back in the day with was like vdos for example
1: you know you would use most of the times people would use they would pair vdos with some other sub right i'm talking at the, at the early outies yeah and, yeah uh, of course of course like when we were with when i had was using electrotech we would have we would use VDOS and they had their, it wasn't the Qsa. So the, what's that rig? Q, uh, God damn. anyway, whatever the flagship <laughs> electrotech rig was, it wasn't those primarily. God. They had the double 18s that we would use, um,
0: their own proprietary subs, uh, coupled with the the old school VDOS. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And so now, and now I feel like a lot of people still feel that way about Acoustics that maybe the subs aren't there but i feel like that's a holdover from years past
0: so oh, i think so too i think that you know the sp28s are like that's a great sub dude it's really yeah. a good sub um yeah. it has a note to it that's pretty musical and um you it, know I, yeah,
1: that's point. it does have
0: tonality to it Yeah, yeah like,
1: it's not just it's not only power
0: totally 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 but also it is the power that traditionally was been the problem at least for me um with uh Acoustics was the subs prior to that were okay but they didn't have the the massive power that uh so many other guys have had um
1: they didn't when i was on Florence, i did florence in the machine for just a short period of time which was fucking awesome by the way uh but um when we were out we it was through firehouse and we took delivery of their new subs on that tour and they were man it was all i can't i can't remember i can't remember what they're called but and i think we had also we paired them with the new amp rack it was like a new showing altogether, and that's when i really which for that music that doesn't take like the chest pounding yeah sort of power that we need on some of our gigs but still i just like that sound i like power i like quick you know not to make this all about subs but I like a quick sub, not right. a flubby hang around sub. So uh, beyond yeah, that gig, we took we took delivery of that, and that was one of the best sounding gigs I swear to God I've ever done. So um, yeah, but L Acoustics is that's prob that not probably it is it's my favorite. And I can tell you what I don't like about it too. You know what I mean?
0: There's yeah no, let's hear it. I mean that's kind of what this discussion is about.
1: Yeah, so uh, so for me, what I do like about K one or L Acoustics in general. First of all, I love what they. I mean, you think about, it, it goes back to VDOS, you know, with the, when they change the game altogether, and Christian Heil did with what can be done in the vertical and the horizontal, like the stability of the pattern throughout is just what you hear. It's, that's really, uh, that's where the, the science is. That's where the money is, is keeping it consistent within. And I love the fact you can walk from one edge of the pattern to the other. Yeah. And I really don't, you don't hear a lot of variation tonally. Some of, even some of my favorite PAs, when I start to get out on the edges, suddenly there's a, you know, there's, there's something hanging out out there. So it's the consistency of the pattern, the tonal consistency of the pattern. I also, I like the low end of not the subs, but the low end. It is a very musical sounding, um, It's very full, but it's not flabby. It's very solid. And then I'll use musical again as you extend upwards once you get into the HF, like the true HF. Right. Um, It has, to me, it has the most musical HF out there. However, because it's musical, I feel it's musical because it doesn't feel to me, to my ear, it doesn't feel very hyped now that can also at times if i'm in a certain venue i kind of wish it had a little more pizzazz to it you know what i mean totally know what you mean so it's the lack of pizzazz it's the lack of forced pizzazz that i love about it but then when i want it i'm like god damn it i wish it had a little more of that on top of it you know what i'm saying
0: i totally get it i you know um my pa choices of the things that i like i think are um a a little bit more along the lines of pizzazzy pas i like pas that have a thing about them part of the reason that i would say Acoustics is not my number one choice in fact it's i don't know it's maybe down into two three or for, um, is because of that. It is a great sounding PA and it does everything that you expect a PA to do. All the frequencies are covered. All the stuff is there. But to me, there's not there's not one single thing I can say about that PA where I'm like, man, that's amazing. Like, uh-huh. um, for instance, I like Adamson a lot. And the reason that I like Adamson so much is because uh, the way that the wave guide is man snare drums vocals guitars are just uh, just amazing like you pull something up into an Adamson pa and you go wow listen to that vocal man that's amazing you know because it has that thing about it now there's other parts of that pa that might be a little bit deficient or whatever just like any pa um but to me there's it's like um i guess i describe it as being boutique i like boutique pas um, as opposed to K one, which is, you know, like I said, it's an excellent PA, but it, it, um, it, it's very, it's super linear. There's like nothing about it that is, um, I don't know, nothing that sticks out yeah, when you try it. Does that make excited,
1: sense? No, it's, it's not an exciting PA. Right. It's not a, a wow. Right. Yeah. In, in that it's, you know, and you're not saying hyped by any means, but it doesn't. No, have-
0: no, I don't mean hyped. I mean, um, Something about the PA, uh, for instance, if we were were talking about cars, I would say I like the Ferrari because its acceleration is unbelievable. It's Mm -hmm. braking, not so much, but its acceleration is amazing. And that's why I like that car as opposed to a, um, uh, you know, I don't know, an American muscle car that is like, yeah, it's fast and it goes and whatever. And yeah, it brakes well too it does all the things, checks all the boxes, but there's something about the Ferrari that I'm like, you know, it's fucking cool. The Ferrari's cool. So that, that's kind of what I mean. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. A hundred
1: percent. And, um, and you know, you mentioned Adamson, uh, of course, when when we said we were going to talk about this, I jotted down a few things. I have a feeling if I spent more time on the, I'm gonna call it the E series. Is that what they call it? It is. It's not new anymore, but it's new.
0: Well they have um, they have two new series. So they have the E series and then the S series, which is S twelve and but yes, it, E series is the one. So yeah. The E, yeah, I love that PA. Yeah, like it's great. love, love, love that PA.
1: But I just have far more miles uh on the L acoustics. Totally get it. Platform as a whole. But as far as what excites me, as far as PAs that are out there the Adamson, uh, that, that box. And honestly, all of it, you talk about like a, what is a holy shit moment, those subs. Oh man. It, it, oh my God. Yeah. And, and I don't mean, just one of their subs, but any of the offerings, even that like single 18 or 19 or yeah, whatever that yeah. thing is. think, good God, that thing's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, I have a feeling with more time Adamson would, it would be, I wouldn't know which one to say. You know what I mean?
0: I totally get it. I mean, you know, to back up a little bit, you know, I I I took us kind of into Adamson, but actually Adamson isn't my favorite box. It's not the, it's not number one on my list. It's a really close number two. Um, mm. But actually, you know what, dude, my favorite PA right now for sure is the Claire Cohesion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I, there's something about that box. I've done it now on uh, rap artists. I did Travis Scott. I did Jay-Z on it. Um, and, and then I'm doing Iron Maiden on it. So it it kind of, it's one of those PAs that's like somehow it works for all styles of music, if that makes sense. Um, and, um, man, I just really dig the, um, the, the shading that they do, you know, the walkthrough shading that they do and the, um, I don't know. Just something about the the whole waveguide and the impact and the subs. Um, man, I'm just. I, I really think that PA is pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking
1: of wow factor, subs and the cohesion. Yes. That is. I mentioned on here. We've talked about a few different things where I'm like, oh, it's black magic. Oh, they've sold their soul. Oh, they. You know, I use that metaphor a lot. Um, those subs. Holy shit in the numbers that we now only need to do the same job where before you would have had 48 double eight teams yes. and now suddenly you have 12. Yes. You know, uh, I mean, I, those things are absolutely stunning. They are. <laughs> uh, and to talk about fast, like that would probably be, if I had to say right now, you know, maybe what's my favorite sub out there. It would pr- it would be either the Adamson or it would be the Claire. It would be the cohesion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, those are, those are my two top two and they've kind of flip flop. Um, but, um, yeah, it's really weird. I didn't, I was the guy, if you, was, if you go searching on the web right now and you go, you hear me talk 10 years ago, all i talk about is how i hate 12 inch pas right (laughs) Right? like there is i mean every time that someone asked me about speakers i'd always be like man 12 inch pas just don't cut it in that 100 to 250 range it's just you have to have a 15 inch pa to make that happen um and if you guys don't know the Claire cohesion is a 12 inch pa um and, and so, my favorite PA right now is a 12-inch PA. So, that goes to show you that the technology has changed drastically um, over time. And, and now, um, honestly, that 12-inch PA in that range, it's unbelievable how far down that, the low end of that box goes.
1: It really is just, uh, you know, and again, I said I have a number one. And then I have this two through four and I don't well, know. I
0: where do to, too. I know. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. of course. And, and you know, and
1: for me, the cohesion falls somewhere on any given day. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And honestly, on certain days, maybe it makes it to number one, but yeah. what they've done, I know it's amazing. It's like, it's the same drive. It's just technology, man. It's the same driver size, you know, at 12 inch. And even you look at like what the most popular of the last decade of the past decade, you know when uh, DNB came out and had a lot of success with the J series, you know, even if people didn't like it, it still did a lot with 12 inch drivers. You know what I mean? But that PA, which I've got as many miles on that as any human being on this planet, you know, it can't do it without flown subs or without ground sub it has to have other low end support. You can turn the cohesion rig on now with you you need subs however without it and you testified to this as well i mean you turn it on
0: and it is a thumpy ass bitch. it is right yeah. out of the box it you is. know well that's the difference though i think um there's an the overall philosophy in pa manufacturers and um where there are pa manufacturers that use the sub to emphasize the low end part so that the actual crossover point is maybe a little bit higher, you know, to try to give more oomph to the low end part of the PA. And I actually, for for instance, J series is that way, just like what you just described. Right. Um, and so, to me, it's more of rather than it being sub, it's low end extension. Um, rather than being sub and I prefer, uh, the other way, which is a PA that goes pretty far down in there. And then the sub is getting all the impact shit, like the 40, 50, you know, hurt stuff that you want to move air with and focus all its energy on that. Whereas the, the the PA is still handling all of the, you know, uh, even down into 50, you know, 50, 60 and, and above, um, you know, and, and to me, that's the best combination. So that's why I choose, you know, Claire's my number one, because of the sub information, but also that the PA goes all the way down, like you just said.
1: And, you know, that's an interesting point. Like I think about when I first started, well, when I first started, I probably didn't know where to ask where subs were crossover, you know, where, where what the point was, but if you think about it 15, 20 years ago, whatever it might've been, hell, maybe just even 10, uh, the most common crossover point in a sub was often like 80, 80, yeah. a- 80 is what subs 80 and below. Now it's that bottom, bottom, bottom octave. Yeah, You know, it's that 30 to 60 kind of thing that we're asking subs to do. And, and I too, and that's, and that's the thing I like about really both L acoustics and, and the Claire PA, uh, and Adamson could do it too. But again, the, the Claire this cohesion and the L acoustics the ones I have the most time on particularly as of late you know they they go down to a, a healthy healthy low end where they can still give you plenty of punch but you, you're not going into limit you're not worried that by asking it to really go there that you're then going to be choking you totally. know and that and that's new in speaker technology where the systems can go a, lower survive a big kick drum a big bass guitar a big 808 drop whatever and not choke and now those subs are just doing the crucial critical bottom bottom stuff i love that i love about you know kind of what we're talking about since pas can go lower you augment that with a flown sub which you know for me i don't have i've talked about my target curve that target curve is the main array with a flown sub element and I, beyond that, I just kind of pepper the subs in to taste, depending on what their role is. But um, the floor you know,
0: subs, you mean? So the, the floor, ground sub. Ground yes, sub. You. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I'm exactly the same way. Like, there's a, a lot of guys that use their floor sub to be the impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, depending on the width of PAs, you can make this power alley happen. Um, and also the coverage goes away. You get these fingers of sub information that is not there, um, with only flown subs. So there's kind of this trade-off that you have to have, you have to have floor subs to kind of do the even coverage on the ground. Um, but, um, for me, like I didn't I grew up in a time when there was only two sources. There was never there was just a left and a right. There was not left, right, sub, right. right. And so I, I'm just talking about like consumer audio or whatever. There was left and yeah. right. I was a I was a recording engineer. So when I got to um, mixing on PA's, it was a little foreign to me because you know back then it was a lot of floor subs, not a lot of flown. And so it always like bugged me that your Attention would get focused, pulled down to where the subs were, um, because you had to have them turned up so much to give low end information. And then all of a sudden, there's three pieces of audio coming at you. If that makes sense. So nowadays, with great speaker technology and flown subs, now I feel like again, thank God, we're back to it's a it's a left and a right. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah uh you know that, that excites me to think about that because i'm thinking about uh anyone listening you know there's our peers that are going to hear this and go like oh yes i agree yes i disagree and then there's some 18 year old that stumbled upon it, doesn't know who either of us are like what are these guys talking about and that's the person that in this conversation you know I, this is so like learning how to listen to pas is so like mission critical where I would like to, of course, we never want to tell anybody what to do, but I would encourage anyone to think of what exactly what you just said, man. That's brilliant. Like, I don't want to be thinking about a third component. I want to be thinking about music. You know, I want to be thinking about mixing into this system as a whole, not one system with its big buddy yeah. underneath. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and that's also hard uh, for, you know, systems guys or front of house guys that are tuning their PAs and at a large level or small level, where there is a lot of, it's very easy to fall into, check out how badass my subs are and make very uneven sounding thing. And I would encourage everyone to just at least give it a try to try to treat it as one thing and and give yourself a a safe sonic palette to start with and, and ignore the urge to just crush with subs, you know, at least that's the way I go about it.
0: Uh, that's that's absolutely the same way that I do. Um, I, I think that it is um, it is a real skill for a system engineer to get a PA correct in that uh, in su- where the sub crosses over to the low end part of the PA and then all the way up to 250. Like getting that right, the sub all the way up to 250 is to me the hardest part about a PA. The rest of it, is you can put in prediction software and go, okay, I'm spraying, you know, mid range and high range here. And that's definitely where it's going. It's that information two hundred and fifty and below that is, that's the skill for me for a system mm-hmm. engineer to get right. It's and a hard I, thing.
1: I think of that little, I think of that, the area from let's say two hundred and fifty to okay, we'll go to 80 because even though the traditional or the usual Sub that we find these days is no longer crossed over at 80. Right. In my mind, maybe it's just from growing up learning to mix when I did, I still think of sub information from being 80 and right. below. You
0: know what I mean? It is, um, it is though. Even though the crossover it, point is lower, there is still encroaching sub information, you absolutely. know, that gets up into there.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, um, uh, it's that it's from 80 to 250. Like that is a bridge. And if that bridge is broken or is in any way compromised, your music will sound disjointed. Totally. And, and you know, what's in there is the fucking groove. Like that's the, that's, that's where it is. You know, that's totally. that head that it sits on. I don't think of the sub necessarily as the base. The, I don't, and I mean, B A S E, I don't mean B A S S, you know, like right. it's, it's, it's that stuff. So yeah, you're right. That's like super critical. Um,
0: I had um, early on in my schooling at Berklee College of Music, I had a professor describe to me um, that the sub information and the low end information in regards to kick drum and bass guitar are the roots of the plant. And if you don't have those roots, correct, the actual plant can't grow the guitar and the vocal being the flowery part of the plant can't happen without the roots of the plant being right. And so that is, uh, I think, a really good metaphor so, for what we're talking about. If you don't get that part of the PA, which usually includes the, you know, all the low end part of instruments, you know, the bass guitar and the kick drum. And, um, you know, I mean, even down into getting your snare drum right, you know, I, um, I, I tend to um, back off my high pass filter on a snare drum because I love that meat of a snare drum. Even sometimes down to 100, like you know, there's some good stuff oh, in there, you know. That's the thud, and with a snare, if you can get a snare down there, oh
1: man, that just opens up totally. You know, then a lot of other snares, you're like, man, I can't tell you how often I find myself at 223. I think it's because it's somewhere where like a <laughs> digico wants to go. Yeah. Um, but even if I'm using like a number of ssl plugins from like the Brainworks to the uad to the of course it doesn't give you a readout on there two of the um to uh any of them i'm always like 223 is somewhere i go but i love it if my snare is like 180 totally because then it opens up all that other area for guitars or bass guitar or something like that yeah um
0: that's yeah i mean that's that's the hard part about it um uh, uh, getting a PA right, in my opinion. And and that's why I spoke for years and years about wanting it to be a 15-inch PA because um, prior to probably... I don't know. 8 years ago, um only 15 inch PAs in my opinion got that part right. You know what I mean, where in that range that we're talking about. So, um yeah, it's crazy. Um so kind of circling back around to our our favorite PAs, you know. Um I always say to people just like what you said, you know, that you have a favorite one and then there's like 2, 3 and 4 and 5. Um to me, if we're talking about the top five PAS in the world, we're kind of talking about the same thing. Um, it, it to me, it's like ice cream. Um, you know, you might like chocolate, and I might like vanilla, but it's this—it's ice cream. Like everybody's having a good time. Everybody's having a good time. We're having some ice cream, and it's good. So, good. like when we're talking about the top five, for me, um, I would take any of the five. Um, you know, if you said to me, Hey, there's going to be uh acoustics L-Acoustics K1, I'd be, I'm great. I'll be there and it's going to be good. Um, but it is, if you're asking me to make an order of things, uh, you know, I mean, just like ice cream, um, I like vanilla best and chocolate is somewhere down the list, you know, like number four, um, you know, and in between that is like cherry and, you know, whatever. Um, right. For me, it's uh, Cohesion first, then Adamson. Um, and you are kind of the other way around. You liked um, K1 uh, first, and then is what's your second one? I, I Was it I, Adamson? It, it probably is, but that's
1: based on only using it three times. Got it. So it probably, I should probably say, yeah, no, I'll say that. Fuck it. <laughs> Adamson yeah, cohesion. Okay. But I reserve the right to flip two and three, <laughs> <laughs> but that's an answer. I'll, I'll commit to it. You know?
0: No, I mean, that's, an, that's an answer. And what's funny is that in our top three is the same PAs. Basically, you know, I'm cohesion, uh, Adamson, and then probably K one. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's just in a different order for us, but those are our top three. Um, when you start getting a little bit further down the list, let me point something out here that I think is very interesting, though. Um, So um, you mentioned Kristen Heil earlier with uh, L Acoustics. And, you know, I love old-school Like Me too. In in some instances, if I were, like, in South America and they were like, well, you know, we have there still i know yeah. uh we only have you know 12 aside k1 or we have 16 aside regular vdosk i would yep. almost say bring the regular vdosk because it has a signature to it um that i that i really like still um and i've over analyzed this a lot about what's going on um you you mentioned chris and heil earlier well his partner was this guy named paul bauman
1: and I know where you're going, and I'm so glad you're
0: going. <laughs> I agree. And Paul Bauman, um, I've even, I've told Paul this to his face. We've become friends, uh, and um, in my career, I have chased Paul Bauman to wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I gotta believe that Paul there is unknowingly, uh, right? unknowingly, and now I've kind of figured it out. Which and the and best you could pay him. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I I analyzed this and said, well, how come I've gone to these different PAs and then went, well, wait a minute. Every time I've gone to these PAs, Paul Bauman was a part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There must be something about his particular signature that I like. Um, And I truly believe that that's true. Um, So he had a, a lot to do with regular VDOS. Love that. Um, He had a lot to do with um, original Adamson Y-series. I went from, um, you know, using uh, Prism and then regular VDOS to basically uh, discovering Adamson Y-series and meeting Jesse Adamson and going, holy shit, this box sounds amazing. Um, Brock Adamson had a lot to do with that. It's an amazing sounding box. I ended up at Adamson. Then he left Adamson. And went to JBL and developed the uh version four or whatever for um you know the 4889s, uh that everyone went, oh, holy shit, this is a whole other PA. Suddenly it was usable. Suddenly it was usable. He was the guy that wrote that. Mm-hmm. And then he was the original designer of VTX. Mm-hmm. You obviously, in all of these cases, don't get me wrong he had lots of help and outside input from all kinds of other people. Um, But I know that there's some sort of thing about his signature that I really like and I've chased over the years. Um, So I say all that to kind of take us to what my next choice would be. And my next choice is the JBL VTX actually. Um, And, and also their newer a 12 or whatever is also a very good box, which kind of is a legacy of paul's but paul didn't design that particular box um but anyway the vtx is my uh next choice and mainly because of the paul signature but also because of the amazing high-end driver that's in that box um it's a it's a, a driver called the d2 driver um and uh it's just the sparkly bits in that box are are amazing. Um,
1: and you know, it's funny. They, I, I was saying, I like a kind of a more neutrally softer high end, but that I the, the problem is, I don't find many people do sparkly well. Sparkly all sounds processed, and I, I hate that. I've, I've said on here before. I don't like that eleven. K 13 K hiss that sounds like a $75 Chinese microphone. You bought it full compass 15 years ago. Like, I don't like that, you know, <laughs> um, and JBL. that it, it, Yeah. Right. It, it's it's like, it's bright, but it's done well. Yeah. Um, and that's the one, that's the PA. I, I knew you were going to say that. Cause I knew we, you know, we both talked about it. Um, for me, it was several years ago. I was, that's when I was with our buddy, Mike Hackman, was Lady Gaga. We were going through you know, all these different areas. The only area where we didn't carry PA. It was like, you know, Israel and Korea and uh, Turkey in this particular occasion. And it was really great because we had this mix that had been going for like a year plus. It was cool. I was just getting ready to try out all these different PAs. And everywhere we went, they had giant hangs and it was great. So we were in Turkey and I had this JBL VTX. Now I I too found I had such a bad taste in my mouth over the JBL Vertex series when it first came out. I was like, what is this? The like, original, yeah. <laughs> was like, what is happening? This fucking thing. Yeah. And so much so that I kind of heard rumblings that there were better, because I never toured with it. I'd only have it on one-offs. I heard that there were some, hey, have you heard, and I, you're right, it was version four, and then I think there was a version five, there right? Was. yeah. For all I know, there's on version 18 now, but... I remember I was doing, I was with this band and we weren't carrying PA and we hit a lot of Vertec and suddenly I was having good shows on Vertec. Now I never knew that Paul Bauman was a part of that. What I did know is that I went to Turkey. I was expecting to not like this JBL offering that was put in front of me and I fucking loved it. I loved it. I talked about it so much to anyone that would listen. And so many people either had also had poor experiences with whether it was, they were just a JBL hater or it was because of the check or before that, the HLA or whatever, whatever it was, they I could tell people didn't want to hear me. And I almost w- understood. I'm like, no, this is that good. Totally. Then I, that's when I found out that the developer, the chief designer was this guy, Paul Bauman, Paul, who I don't yeah. think I've ever,
0: I, no, I don't think I've ever met him. Oh, I think man. Ever met He's him. The sweetest Canadian. He's so awesome. I love that's it. awesome yeah. so i had
1: the same thing and so in turn every time people I, would ask me like when i like and i felt so good to make a rider you know and put JPL vtx in there because i was like no i want people to know about this <laughs> and uh and, I, and i've said before i was like i would tour with it i really 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 like it and the a12s i've never actually mixed on myself uh but i've been at like well no that's not true i did a i guess an iheart thing this year that was on it but it was kind of a throw and go but I know he's not involved, but like, you you, you nailed it. It's a, a legacy. It's whatever.
0: legacy, you know, a lot of the stuff that he designed, but it, it came along. There's a newer guy there um, that's kind of their design guy uh, moving forward. Um, you know, a, a really good friend of mine, I got to give a shout out to him, Raul Gonzalez, has uh, been with JBL for at least 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I did a Kiss Symphony gig in melbourne australia in 2000 or something i don't remember but it was a 60 piece symphony orchestra and the rock band kiss um and it was a giant vertek rig um that uh raul came down and helped with um and also the the uh the rest of that kiss tour in australia um and he's a badass um you know what i learned from him was k1 and a lot of other companies are doing things now called turnkey right where you buy their stuff and everything is the same and the idea behind the process is it's the same amplifiers are same cabling same rigging same box everywhere in the world so when you show up it'll be the same pa um Unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, JBL has kind of fallen. They've taken the other route, which is there's 100 different options. Mm-hmm. You can have 13 different um, you know, crossovers and 60 different amplifiers. And you can wire the boxes in high-performance mode or not, which is either three boxes in a circuit or two boxes. So what that turned into, unfortunately, is... Guys like us when we advance there is literally 30 questions you have to ask when you advance for a JBL VTX rig let's say um, because you need to know what the what are the options that they've had and if they have chosen some bad options then that PA is not going to respond you know most likely the PA that you got in Turkey was their everything top of the line, the top of the line amps, everything in two circuits, you know, two boxes a circuit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, and that PA, that VTX PA is amazing sounding, but unfortunately you can show up to a VTX PA sounding just kind of okay. And yeah. a lot of the reason is, is because it's not turnkey. Um, so, unfortunately that is that's kind of why for me jbl is further down the list um i think it's a great sounding box it's just it's harder to deal with i got to do way more advancing to make sure that the box is is correct yeah Um, and that's that's frustrating
1: like you want to be like yes sm58 here i realize pas are far more sophisticated like infinitely more sophisticated but yeah particularly when it's particularly when you get into like, yeah, the way amplifiers interact, not that, not that you can't take an L acoustics rig and put it three boxes on it. I mean, you can do that, but when it becomes too, and then, you know, we've talked about it on here when things kind of get a little squirrely, don't give me something to obsess over and question and wonder and quit, you know, i it's just yeah. like, that's, that's not good for anybody. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that JBL thing, that, that really surprised me how much I like that. Yeah. And, and still do I, I now that i think about it that a12 show i did um uh it was excellent yeah. that was alicia keys and, and i know at the grammys and uh, that's what they're using now but i'm yeah. usually not tuning and mixing and everything else on there and that's that's you know michael stewart or yeah. jeff Peterson or one of those guys or something so they're uh-huh. usually actually mixing on it but they, they always get a good result and i have noticed that i've noticed that um as the award shows have shifted from always being Burtech to always being VTX and always being a 12, all the award shows sound better now to me too. Just I like totally casually, agree. Yeah. walking
0: around. I'm like, huh? Yeah, this is pretty damn good. Yeah, I totally agree. Hey yep. you, I know that you have a lot of experience with D and B, right? I was, just, I was trying to think, I was like, I can't do this discussion without going. <laughs> and I am, um, I mean, D and B for me is not even the next one actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, no.
1: So I don't, I don't know what comes after these four, Okay, um, I really don't, it would have to be DNB. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's my, this is my life with DNB, which is, <laughs> um, I, I, so I used to use, I used Electrotech when I had the, well, I was really way into VDOS. Like I knew when it came out in the nineties, even when I was younger and I was doing clubs and stuff, I was like, no, this is where we're going. It was just, it was apparent. So when I had the ability to spec a PA, I went to electrotech um, and because I'd always liked the electrotech shows I had heard that were not on VDOS, you know? Right. So it was just, it was it was a place I knew to go. I'd always been interested in them. I was like, cool, I'll go there. We did that. And then we ended up going to Eighth. we went to Claire for a minute. Then we went to eighth day and um, I had VDOS and can't even remember. Oh, and B subs, the B twos. And, um, if that's a thing. So anyway, uh, we had for the, for the outfills, it wasn't a giant tour. So we just had a main hang and then we had something small to fill out sheds or wherever we had these little D and boxes, which were these passive little things. And, uh, we were at a casino once in Reno, I believe. And the the weight was crazy. We couldn't hang our main rig and the, the systems engineer taught me into using this little passive again. When I think passive, I think of like a PV wedge in a club. I totally going know back to they've sold their souls. There's no way this should work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we hung this Q rig, tuned it. I felt okay about it. We started the show, and I laughed for three straight songs at how good it sounded. I Could not fucking believe how good this thing sounded. So I was super stoked about it, and I said to DMB and I said to Eighth hey, if you ever release a large format box, I'm interested. I'd love to. I'd love to take it out, and they did. And so the J series came out and I think I have this right. I think it was me with widespread panic. This is the most eclectic group, Tom Jones and, uh, Slayer. (laughs) So, uh, and I would go on to mix show after show, after show, after show year after year, the client list grew in stature and just had all this success on the D and B platform. And I and I really, really dug it. Now I will admit it didn't throw. You know, it didn't. And as I got into stadiums with it, I knew as I walked to front of house and listened to the support act or whatever was going on at about a hundred feet, 30 meters, somewhere in there, it started to do this, you know. So I really did. I loved it. I didn't do a lot of EQ to it. I knew how to use it so well. Um i knew how to tune it i really dug it and that was right when then i moved away from it just because my gigs changed not that i was like done with it or something right when ap came around and for those that don't know that's array processing that's their way of dealing with getting high into the far reaches where inherently it's going to roll off because of you know uh, absorption and 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 the other things that are going to just distance you know um So, and I heard AP originally and I was like, wow, because it did what it said it was going to do. It extended, uh, the image and the clarity and the frequency response to the farthest reaches, but I only did like a few shows on it. And, uh, and then I just did other stuff for years. So to make a long story short, I came back around to it and I found the rig. I found AP to do what it said it was doing to a T, but it kind of changed the overall to my ear. Just because i put so many miles on it it changed the overall tonality of the box and they would say well, t- well if you don't like it turn it off well if you turned it off then the whole thing just sounded wrong so i was stuck i'm like i get it anyway so i just it, it was a weird thing and i've now come back around and i now just kind of know where i can and can't go with ap and i'm not i don't just because the trace flattens out Again, going back to what the measurement says versus what I hear, just because the predictive software said it's going to do that, it it does that perfectly. I just don't necessarily dig what it does to the tonality. So I have found a way to kind of deal with J's and now GSL to where I've just got to kind of watch how how far I tread into that. And I have to have everyone around me pump the brakes on just jacking it up so the curve looks right right far away. And And I'll say this, I'll shut up. It is in even if I'm in an area that there's not a lot going on AP wise, it just does something in the HF in that like I look in like 11k, 12. I don't know what that sound is, but it doesn't sound like music to me. So totally, I, totally, agree. I still dig it. I love it but I don't love it like I did before, but it is now doing things that it never did before. So fuck me out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And they're great people. They're awesome people at the company. They know how I feel. We've been around the block together with, with what I think and this and that. So that, that's kind of my spiel. Great box. It just feels different to me now. It's still great. People are having great results with it. So good on DMV and good on anybody that's having a great show on it. I wish I was mixing on it right now. Yeah. And I was supposed to, and I was supposed to be. So sorry, that got long winded. That's kind <laughs> I, of where I've been with I'm very passionate about it because I really feel very strongly about it. And I really dig the people there. So it just I just kind of had a weird ride with it in in the later years, you know?
0: I totally know what you're talking about. I'd mix on the PA on a stick right now. You got a couple of, uh, of PVs, and I'll go mix that right now for sure. Fresh. I don't yeah. care. I don't care what the speaker box is right now. I'll go mix on it. Um, yeah. But, um, Yeah. You know, it's funny. My experience with D&B was, is, um, mostly on J series and, um, and prior to array processing, really, I've probably only mixed maybe two or three festival kind of shows using array processing. So I can't really speak to it. I, my experience with J series is prior to that. Um, a very good box, I always felt that its signature and its preset was very much that non-linear curve, you know, where high ends here, low ends here. It's this like, it, it you know. Th- nowadays we have a lot of stuff K one, everything is kind of like this, you know, very linear. You know, once you get past a uh, hundred, you know, it's like all the way out. Um, whereas I always felt like DMB was doing that for a couple of different reasons. It's hard to get your mix right in those sparkly bits, like we talked about with the JBL stuff. Um, if you are a, um, a younger mixer, let's say, oftentimes when I hear, um, when I'm looking for holes in someone's mix, like if they're asking me to, to explain to them what uh, you know I liked or disliked about their mix, a lot of times it's that 8k and above that is, you know, overemphasized and weird in people's mix. It's a hard part to get right. Just like for me, that 80 to 250 range is difficult in your mix. The 8k and above range is just as difficult to get right. So I feel like the DB guys uh, said, okay, we're going to help those people and build a preset that kind of has that missing in it that's one kind of i suspect that's one reason but the other reason is is i feel like what you're talking about with that array processing that um uh their sparkly bits whatever the components that they have going on in that box are just not able to reproduce that stuff clearly without harmonic distortion yeah, there's because
1: something weird going on there's
0: something weird every time that i tried to Um, electronically gain that information back. So in other words, the preset is this. I came in and took my lake and made a big giant filter in the top to try to make it do this. Um, I started seeing some major holes in the components and uh, whether it's amplifiers or or speakers themselves, just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't get that information that they had cut out of there in their preset. So that was... It was just something that I always noticed about the box. And, I, and, again, I agree with you. The box is an excellent box. If someone said to me today, hey, you're going to be mixing on J-Series tomorrow, I would say no problem. That's a, it's oh, one okay. of the boxes that I say, okay, great. Not a problem. Um, right. 100% agree with you about it throws like a girl. Um.
1: <laughs> it uh, yeah. Now it has the strongest arm out there. It's just fucking weird looking. Yeah. Like it's not.
0: It's like, it's, hey, no, no offense to girl engineers out there. Listen, yeah, 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 don't, yeah, yeah. don't send us all kinds of letters about how chauvinist I am. That's not what I meant. No, God! You uh, know what? It's it's funny. Uh,
1: in hearing you when you're talking, I'm thinking about kind of like you're talking about with the JBL the high performance mode or whatever you said. Yes. This just goes to show that truly all things are not created equal and PAs are so advanced now that it really if you don't have if you don't have the right guy in the systems engineer oh, or the man. designer you're screwed because all of these PAs now like I started thinking when you were talking just now if you remember with VDOS for example when it first came out VDOS could only sell to select or elacoustic only sell to select companies talk yep. about boutique. it was the ultimate in boutique you could only use i think it was lab group and amps at first or whatever it came out with. you could only use this you could only do that then suddenly next thing you know crown was something you could do and i used it with crown and i liked it with crown then you could do it with qsc i didn't like it with qsc suddenly this box that was so great i'd run into flavors of it i didn't like yeah where i'm going with that is now on pas they All the major manufacturers have some degree of array compensation, whereas when the line length gets longer, there's inherent coupling and buildup in the low end and the low mid, and they have something, whether it's just a shelf or whatever they're doing to curtail that. You, know? so you walk in with the wrong guy behind any of these rigs, but let's say a J rig, particularly the J that at the time didn't have the HF extension. And man, suddenly what honestly was supposed to be like this going down to the HF is now. like yes. And I remember the first time I used the Adamson PA, it was in a stadium in, in uh, Seoul, South Korea. And they had a Ray compensation, but they only had it. I don't really understand this, but they only had it to where it was functional up to 14 boxes. And we were in a giant stadium that was more than that. So even though my first show sounded great, The EQ looked horrible because I had to do all that array compensation.
0: You know? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you of all the PA manufacturers, if you have a guy that doesn't know what he's doing on an Adamson PA, you're screwed a lot of the other kind of pas are kind of bulletproof these days like you fire them up and yes a lot of the guys have training there's l acoustics training and whatever so if you have a k1 guy he's been thoroughly trained but in general if you were to just hang a bunch of k1 and then fire it up you could probably get away with a, a relatively good sounding thing whereas adamson at least in my experience Um, I've had the same amount of boxes with the same components, with the same cabling sound completely different with two different guys. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it matters, you know, the system engineer thing matters for sure. One thing I wanted to point out too, and I I haven't talked about this in a
1: while and I love this. Um, I'm so proud of my little analogy, my metaphor that I used too on this one. (laughs) Yeah. So years ago I used another French manufacturers, PA that was kind of thrust my way now i had liked their previous offerings ironically or like them enough and then i got on this thing and man it was just it's not it was just to tell you in my opinion it was just wrong like it was the most skewed frequency response whether i were talking to your ear or you would verify in the measurement and it's like it kind of goes back to I tell you, L acoustics is my favorite PA, but I also told you I'm not so sure about, uh, immersive sound because it's, yeah. I got the job. Now you're telling me I have to mix different. That's kind of the way I felt about this PA is like, I had to mix into this weird frequency response. I was like, fuck you. I didn't ask, you. like, this is crazy sounding. It was too by ear. Like, right. I need some science to go into your totally. thing. So the, where I am going with this though, is what I learned was, so I had this PA that was aside from having these holes in it everywhere. It also had this insanely hyped high end on purpose, very much on purpose. And if I took that PA and tried to like match it on a trace to what I wanted, it was the same as, here's the beautiful metaphor. If I have a hundred foot long XLR cord, right? Cable. Uh, they, uh, this XLR has been around for, twitch made 25 years ago. Yep. It probably doesn't go over under every exact time. And it's in my best interest to, if it wants to go over, over, I'll just go over, over a few times and then get back. In other words, do what it wants to do because that's what it is. And what I learned on that PA was if I asked it to be anything too far other than what it was, it just didn't work. So I had to. And as much as I love the cohesion on the HF, we've talked about this ad nauseum to, to one another, there is some of what's so great about it up top sometimes is a little too much for me, but God forbid you take it out because that's what it is. Yes. you know. And it's the same thing as if you get that guitar tone, it's just too like biting at like one six or two or two five. The second you cut too much of that, it's gone because that's what it is. So yep. I will say that, you know, if you get a PA and the sonic signature isn't totally what you like, maybe come to terms with only taking it so far because you kind of need to let it be what it is for it to function properly, if that makes sense.
0: Totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, another PA that I really like that is, it's funny, it's not really usually mentioned in most people's top kind of five PAs, let's say, um, but uh, I think it's really great is RCF. Um, RCF makes some speakers that I think really compete with some of the big boys. Um, and, uh, there are a lot of smaller companies, mainly because of their price point. They have an amazing price point. Um, they're an Italian company too. Um, and I've been to their, uh, their factory a bunch and I know the people that work there and they are just super passionate about audio, man. They are like really good people um and care about you know um speakers and whether you know it or not um rcf has had is has made speakers for i don't even know 50 years um or more that are have been in traditional boxes that you didn't even know they were in like yeah go ahead mention because i'm
1: thinking now it's like oh yeah if you had the rcf drivers and the blank 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 you had the good
0: Exactly. So that's what's so funny is that if you're a little bit older mixer, you don't know it, but you've m- been mixing on RCF for years. Um, you know, um, the the 850 box had RCF components in it. Um, so, and that was a box that everyone mixed on, you know what I mean? That was like the trap box for years and years and years. And so um, I just find it funny that people don't even realize that they've probably mixed on RCF speakers and they don't even know it. But anyway, their new generation of their line arrays, uh, the 50 and the 80, um, are, man, I got to tell you, it's like I would, just like any other of the boxes we've talked about today, if you told me it was going to be there, I would take it in a second. Um, So uh, if you haven't tried their box, it's an amazing box. Um, Yeah,
1: I, I, I haven't tried them. The only thing I know about RCF is they exist, and I know you like them. <laughs> um, which, which makes me think I should probably check it out, and I'm sure I'll run into it somewhere um and you know what I didn't even think about yeah the r c f drivers back in the day you could have the the eight fifties with the, if you had the r c f drivers you got the good ones, or did it have the t a d drivers in or did it have the you know there was there was That's all the right. different That's flavors, right. yeah, I never put two and two, I even know the logo's the same, and I never put two That's, and two together <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Now they've been around a long time and they're in an Italian to, to me. I, I kind of, they're like the Ferrari of PA manufacturers. You know, they're very much, you know, we want to be the best. We want to do stuff. They care about audio. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I mean along with, we're talking about gear, but along with that from my perspective is good people. And if you've got good people making good audio, then I want to be involved with that company. You know what I mean? So RCF is a good company. Um, what else? What what's another one that's uh, kind of out there that maybe people haven't heard about?
1: I don't know where they are in their existence or their product line now, but I ran into some outline PAS. Ah, that I that I enjoyed, and it was a. I think want to say it was all around the same. It was like probably 2010, maybe 2009 to 2012, somewhere in there. I don't know why, but I would run in on occasion. I would run into these outline PAS. Yep. And I had a I think it was the butterfly. Is that right? Was
0: it yeah. Yeah, back then. Um they they have a whole new line now that's actually really pretty good. They're also an Italian manufacturer. Um uh, shout out to Vinny Vincent Perot out there um who kind of hooked me up. I mixed on it and it was um it was it was really good. And uh so shout out to Vinny for hooking that up. But yeah, I mean Outline um is also another one of those boxes that's pretty good. Have you run into the Alcons? ribbon no uh, driver
1: pa no but i'm so going back to minute two of this particular uh uh, thing we're doing here when i'm talking about l acoustics what i like about l acoustics in the top end is the soft musical high end and i often think to myself it kind of has a ribbon-esque quality to it so therefore i'm i am no i've never mixed on it i am incredibly intrigued by it when i think of ribbons i think about the fragility of them right you know it, so how does that work on a-
0: i can't speak to any of that at all I, but, but i will tell you um i um kicking and screaming was forced to use it at a festival it was with Iron Maiden and Mike Hackman and I uh, were, were sent this spec and we were looking at it and both of us were like, I've never even heard of these boxes. I don't know what they're talking about. There's no way we're using a box that neither one of us knows, you know, and we, we went, we fought, like, we were like, Nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And, um, we ended up with a bunch of, you know, talking to the guys that the manufacturer um, and having discussions and them describing to us what's happening. And finally, we just came to a place where it was like, all right, you know what? We'll give this a shot, you know, and, and uh, see what's going on. And, and I think that there wasn't another choice really anyway. So it was like, you know, all right, we're, we're going to go ahead and use it. And I will have to tell you, it was um, a pretty amazing sounding show.
1: Really. Um, That's yeah. good to hear. I want it to be amazing. It yeah. should I mean, it should sound amazing.
0: Yeah. You know. And they have a presence now. Like they were at the NAM show uh this year. Um, and they did a big demo that I couldn't be at, but, um, you know, big name guys were there, uh, you know, Brad Maddox and Greg Price and um, all kinds of dudes were at their demo that they did. Um, and um, from all reports from all those guys, they liked it too. I think it's a great box. I think it's, um, you know, it's been around, but it's up and coming. And and I think maybe you're going to see more of it. Um, but I can't speak to any of the, I know what you're saying about the ribbon. Like, is it something that it's going to last. We're going to drag this thing all over the world. Is it going right. to actually last? But I, I, you know. I do think I had a conversation
1: with uh, Chris Sullivan the other night. and we We're just talking about PAs in general. We are in a kind of a weird place where, you know, I'm, I was talking about DNB and b say, I'm not so sure how I felt about some of the, the AP settings, but I can tell you, you know, I was supposed to be out on GSL right now. And that the most recent version of it, I was like, this is pretty badass. So there are newer offerings from these companies, but we're kind of waiting on the what's next. What is the next big thing? I know. Yeah, because we're looking at these companies now where, again, you're talking about they're putting a lot of R&D into, like, immersive audio. So it's the same boxes. It's just different deployments. And, you know, Cohesion did something very interesting, particularly because they took the Claire proprietary box to the modern era. Yep. You know? And and that was an interesting thing. K one in its development was pretty groundbreaking. DNB, AP or not, did a really big thing. They made the twelve inch box a viable, a viable large format box, and had an immense success. So we've seen these things, and like Meyer, it's had. But right now, I feel like we're kind of waiting. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm kind of. I'm wondering. I feel like Adamson should be that, but, um,
0: I'm sitting here and going, holy shit, I forgot about Meyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, of course. I, figured, I know. And that's right, of course. I know. There's, there's I,
1: what up. the fuck am I it, thinking? You know, yeah. You're way more into Meyer than I am.
0: John's signature over the years has been traditionally, you know, lots of 400 and lots of, you know, super sparkly bits, right? To me, every box, you know, Milo and all their smaller kind of boxes has that signature in it which is, I mean, that's a way to go, right? Like you want all of your boxes to have that sound signature and, and that's that. Um, but I was never really a super big fan. Um, and then, um, you know, Michael Maxon, shout out to you, Michael, um, you know, introduced me to the, uh, the Leo lion and leopard series and, and, um, man it is to me is like a great box for mix and pop stuff and they're 1100 sub um you know earlier that thing, we we're that thing's pretty devastating dude I'll, uh, I'll give you that for sure yeah so i would be i mean definitely that 1100 is in that top three you know claire adamsen and 1100 if you're talking about subs those are like my three um and they flip-flop depending on whatever the music is um but that story is an amazing story, right? We, we haven't told people that when you started, Justin oh, Bieber, right, you right. started on K1. I did. I mixed on K1 for, I don't know, maybe five or six more shows, and mm-hmm. then the PA got swapped out, not by my choice. Right. Um, but actually, the production manager made a choice um, – and do you remember why he chose- yeah,
1: He didn't like those brown boxes.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, that was just it. That was so was the whole fucking thing. So, I think that was the thing he was, he hated me leaving. He loved you coming in, but he loved more than anything that he could get rid of that PA. Cause he hated, he hated me for bringing it in.
0: So guys, it wasn't about sound. It was about the color of yep. the PA. A uh, brown PA versus a black PA. And what?
1: God, this is a true story. This
0: is a true story. And uh, it's what VR had in inventory as a black PA was the Meyer uh, Leo series, um, which, of course, you know, I mean, luckily it wasn't some weird PA that I'd never heard of because that would have been super difficult when they said, oh, well, we do have Meyer. That's a black PA. And I said, oh, bring it. I'll take it, you know, Um, but that was the weirdest experience in the the world was that you had built this mix that I was kind of riding on your coattails of and just, I mean, I'd only been there for like five shows and then all of a sudden they took the PA away from me and put it and put up a totally signature different sounding piano. on a,
1: on a, also on a 20 something truck tour where there was no
0: time to choose. That's, <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So literally the day we swapped it out on a show day. Uh, so literally the day I went from one show, having K one to the next show, having Leo and, and not having heard anything come out of the boxes until about five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yeah. So shout out to, uh, to Brett stack, uh, another, I, I love that guy. Oh man. He's, he's amazing, but I can't believe that he pulled that off. Uh, Brett and Frank and, um, you know, Austin and all those guys that, um, actually like did something that should have never worked. Like it totally should have been a complete disaster uh, and they, they made it happen. And so uh, I got to give them props. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Leo should have been earlier on in this discussion. I don't know why I, I didn't think of it until the end, but. Um,
1: it's like you said though. after you get past one, you can kind of start. I mean, dude, if I was out right now, if I was on that GSL rig, my conversation might be, you know what? I had a really weird go with AP for a few years, but now I mean you yep. just don't know. Where I, you're gonna be
0: I know, I know. I don't want to, you know, get myself in trouble by making statements about something that I don't particularly like. But again, let's come back to the same comment that we had before, which is when you're talking about the top five, certainly maybe now we're talking into top seven or eight PAs they're all PAs that I would take on any gig. Um, You know, it's my job to make it sound good. That's just it. And whatever you bring me, I got to make it sound good. Um, And so when you're talking about the top seven or eight PAs, it's like, okay, that's fine. Let's just make it work, you know? Um, It's really, to me, it's it's more about, I can make any of those top seven PAs work for me. It's how much work I want to do to get them to where, you know, uh, it's usable for me.
1: So. I, I was thinking the same thing. I want like, I'm lazy yeah. I want consistency. I want, that's why I go to the places I go. I just, I know
0: how to use them. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think we've come to the end of this conversation. I mean, I know that we could talk more about it and I'm sure that we will in our, uh, episode 342 in October. Um, but, um, thanks for sticking with us and we hope that it was informative. Um, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Later.